You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and this episode is with Ren with the main. She's one of those New Yorkers you always hope to meet, a personality that's both loud and true. You know, from the outside looking in, New York seems like a place where everyone is trying to be heard. But to be here is to realize that it's not exactly an egotistical thing. More, it's a place of artists who want to show you how their art truly is an extension of who they are as people. When it comes to Renee Orshan, you know her music is an extension of herself, her thoughts and beliefs, and it's those qualities that made her such a joy to talk to. We go into why New York tends to be an inspiring place, even for locals such as herself. We also go into how she's discovering her voice as an artist and what it feels like to perform on stage under her persona. This is the 405 Exchange with Ren with the Main. Enjoy. would start this talk out pretty different than how I usually start talks, especially because it's like the new year. We're like right at the new year. And what is this? It's like week two or three of January, I think. Right. So people are still doing that whole new year, new me type of thing. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? Like when people do the whole new year, new me thing? New year, new me. I don't know. New year, like get it together. We got this. You know, just keep going, keep trucking. <laughs> I mean, I did yoga like four times this week and I never do yoga. So no that was, that's like pretty New Year's Eve to me. Um, That's one of those things I've always wanted to try, because I have so many people in my life who do yoga, I've never tried it, but I do want to try it. Yeah, you know what, I do yoga to the people, because I'm, you know, they have like really people who are amazing, and then there's me, (laughs) and and then there's everyone, you know, everyone in between, and we all just kind of, there's no judgment in, in that particular yoga class. You should come. That's really tough. Yeah, I'll do it. Fuck yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's super fun. So let's jump into the music. When did music start for you? I started to do music um, towards the end of Berkeley, actually. I was writing music. I learned like as many chords as Taylor Swift can play on guitar. And I was like, you know what? I can write some music. And um, they were kind of singer songwritery, And I knew I wanted to write like pop jams. And like, I, I knew I needed a producer to help me evolve the sound. Mm-hmm. So I went to Luca Bucciolati, who produces like Teishi and some other cool people. Yeah. And uh, I was like, Luca, I got this song. Um, can you like help me evolve this tune? Yeah. And he actually lived with my boyfriend at the time. Oh. And so I would just pay him in pumpkin pancakes, <laughs> literally. And now he's like producing for everyone. But yeah, I used to. This was he, just when he started producing. He's a so. solid dude. I've only ever seen him like in passing and through Taishu. But like, what I love about him is just like everything starts with a conversation. I love that about him. Yeah, he's an interesting character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how it started. We started doing some tunes together, and um, now I worked with a few different producers. Uh, Brendan Bose from Electric Lady and Drew of the Drew. He produces a bunch of people, Brian Ballman, and yeah. some really cool people. And yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that leads really nicely to my next question because when I heard your music, all I could think to myself was, "Holy fucking shit! That this has to be so different than what." you probably thought you'd be making years ago, like when you first started making music. And I wonder, do you feel that's true? Or do you feel like the music now is how you always wanted it to sound? I, it's weird. Like, you know, when I go to music business meetings or whatever, they're like, what's your sound? And it's like, I don't, I am me, you know? Like, I'm gonna write pop songs, I'm gonna write like an R&B song, and I'm gonna write 
an acoustic, you know, mellow folk tune. Yeah. And it's all going to be me. I don't have a sound, and I write songs, you know? Um, well, my, I do have a sound. It's yeah, me, it's you. but it's me. I was going to say, that sounds like a sound. Yeah, exactly. So um, the sound that I did, uh, like with Luca, in comparison to the sound that I'm doing with Brandon, um, they're different, but I love them both so much. Like, yeah. Luca's a little more raw and... Brandon's very refined, and I don't know. I love all the I love all the sounds. So that's very good that you feel that way. Yeah. I mean, like a good segue into that is like up and over. Like that's a tune. Well, that's a Drew song. That's a true Drew of the Drew producer <laughs> song. He's another producer, and he is very bass driven. He's a bass player. Yeah. He also is just like a wizard person, so he likes to do super interesting stuff um, on the tech side of production and. Uh, yeah, we wrote that song so fast and it just felt so right. Sometimes I can spend I can spend up to a year on a song just like finessing it, finessing it. Yeah. And up and over it was just like, you know what, like, fuck it. This song is done, like it's good. We let's do this. Like just let it live, you know? It felt like a song that must have felt like a vibe to make. Like it felt like you could tell that you were in the moment when making it. Is that how it was? It was such a vibe. Actually my friend, um, Megan Durbin Ackerman, who you know. Yes. Um, Megan's the best. She had this little demo, and it was like the pre chorus uh, of Up and Over, and I was like, this is mine. She just started to write songs. She quit her job uh, in the music industry, and she was like, I'm a songwriter now. Like, this is what I'm doing. And I was like, well, show me your stuff. And she showed me a piece of the song, and we took it to Drew, and we just smashed it yeah that was so fucking it was dope. such a fun experience one of the most fun experiences with you know I, I i talk to people about this all the time but i feel like it's moments like that that remind you why you're in a place like new york city because things like that just don't happen anywhere else totally yeah. i mean pretty much all my friends from berkeley ended up in new york city which i feel like can be very rare but i'm also from here so it's like i get the best of both worlds you're from here proper like the city or the state well i'm from long island long yeah. island oh, long island <laughs> uh, my f i was born in westchester and no way yeah. i'm Glen cove yeah no shit yeah um hard scale in rockland county oh yeah yeah what a yeah. fucking crazy small world i know it yeah. is <laughs> so tell me about um the hypnotize video because i really dug that and I particularly wanted to ask, what was it like bringing a tune like that to life? Because I feel like that's what the video did. Yeah, um, Hypnotize was such a vibey sound, and I actually got my inspiration originally from this company called Blacklight Visuals, and if you've never seen it before, look it up. It's like, these guys drip paint into these liquid containers, and um, you dip your body parts in it, <laughs> and it comes out... It's called body marbling. So that's what it's called. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so we were gonna join forces with the uh, Blacklight uh, uh, BLV, and it didn't quite work out. I was really bummed, but I was like, "What else can I do?" And I thought of just like the greatest idea ever. My friend is the head of Marc Jacobs Beauty, and she's really well known in the body paint world, Yvonne Messinas. And she was like, "I want to body paint you. Like, let's." Let's do this. This is literally the smallest fucking city in the world sometimes. You don't understand. <laughs> I was so hooked up for this music video. So Yvonne came to the rescue. She had assistants that were like, please let me help you like do this video. I had no budget. This was just like a volunteer music video project. Yeah. My bass player works for Better Homes and Gardens, like Martha Stewart yeah. size proper film studio yeah so we went there on a saturday when no one was there and we shot the music video in a proper black light studio like it would have cost me a million dollars you know to do this yeah. but i just 
use my people and we got it done and um the music video was edited by my drummer Rick. They're all in the. They're all videographers too. So, dude, tell me this because like what I what's blowing me away about hearing all this is that you're still like a relatively DIY musician. Like you do all your stuff yourself. I do everything. Yeah. What's it like having people like that coming together for your vision? Like what I is mean, that like? That is the hustle. That is the New York City hustle, and huh. that's just like you have to be friends with everyone because everyone has capabilities and. I, I love to use all my friends for everything they work. Yeah. Um, and I have such talented friends, it's like, why wouldn't I ask them? I mean, do you, I wonder, like, was there a moment within that shoot where you found yourself, like, I mean, that feels to me like such a pinch yourself moment where you're just looking at what's going on. Oh, I had no expectations either. I was like, we could be in a really small room, really? whatever. It was so unbelievably luxurious for a music video. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I. I couldn't have asked for anything more. I shot it on my birthday so that everyone was like, yeah, we'll do anything you want, it's your birthday. Yeah, I feel like what you just said ties into like the spirit of the mu your own music, the songs I've heard, because I feel like something that's cool, that's so dope about your music, is it feels very in the moment. Like you strike me as someone who's like a very, like it's easy for you to feel present. Do you think that's the case? 100%. Yeah, that's I like to live my life pretty present, not be on my phone too much. I yeah. just give my friends shit about being on their phone and, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I feel like that's one of those, like, what's a good way to describe it? That's like one of those big cliches about us, air quotes, creatives who live here in New York City, where it's like, I feel like we're either so indulged within the past, bringing that into the present, or bringing the future into the present. Just to, to come around someone like you, who's very present, it's like, there's something very nice about that. Thank you. Yeah. I try and get my friends to come out and live their life and not be so buried in, in that, you know. Tech world. You mentioned how you came here after Berkeley, and was it like, what's a good way to ask this? Like, when you came here, was it to do music initially? Like, was that like the embodiment? Like, 100%. I always knew I wanted to do music, and I tried interning in the industry, and it just, it's so different than being a performer. No, the industry, really like, just because you're, you, love music doesn't mean that you should be in the music industry. Which is one of the weirdest at. things, one of the weirdest things to learn about it. Yeah, so I was just like, you know what, Renee, like, you are a singer, you are a musician, yeah. and like, that's what you should be doing. And I think a lot of my friends who are, you know, working for labels or management, I think, you know, in their hearts, they really want to be playing. Yeah. So, you know, you only live once, you might as well do what your heart feels is right. And then when you're old and like disheveled, then you start working in the industry. <laughs> what do you feel was like a bit of, do you feel like there was a bit of a turning point for you specifically or did it just kind of like naturally come together after a while? Um, it's funny actually, I was interning for Fenway Recordings. It's yeah. a management company. They do MGMT and uh, they do Joywave and some other cool bands. And um, I was interning for them and then I started my artist project and they were like, we want to manage you. Oh, and wow. Yeah, so I worked with them for a little while and then um, we kind of parted ways after a little while, but um, I love them. They're great people and they really helped me a lot and taught me a lot. Um, really, really great people. And yeah, that was definitely a moment where I was like, all right, like I should be doing music. Wow, was that surprising for you when they turned around and said that, like we want to manage you? Like that's kind of yes. meta. They said, when I went to the um, 
to a meeting with Mark, the owner, yeah. and he was like, this is definitely a first, you know? Like, <laughs> try and hire one of my interns Holy as shit. an artist, so yeah. That's really fucking dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we touched about we touched on it already in regards to people, but I kind of want to go a little deeper into this with you in regards to the city, because New York, it is such a specific, particular place. And I wonder for you as an artist, like, what do you feel like the city does for you that no other place could do for you? when it comes to you oh creation? Well, even when I'm in Long Island, I love Long Island, don't get me wrong, my parents have a beautiful home there. Yeah. It's a really great place to chill. But the second I'm driving over the Kosciuszko Bridge and I see the skyline, it just gives me this energy. Like, even if I'm so tired coming from Long Island into the city, yeah. it gives me a burst of energy, just seeing the buildings and the lights and you can feel the presence of people doing stuff. And I think having that energy you know gives me the energy to keep going and keep meeting people and keep going to shows and you know even when I'm tired like I will if someone invites me to something I say yes 99% of the time because <laughs> you know it's such a spe particular and specific feeling here like, yeah and you just want to indulge in it I just need to meet people and experience shows and that's what gives me inspiration to do music you know something i like to tell people and even my musician friends and i tend to find it almost like a bit counterintuitive sometimes considering how they make music but i like to say that the best things in your life don't tend to happen like in your bedroom in regards to like if you're to stay home and just be in your bedroom hanging about you know yeah. it's always better to like be around people even if you're just tired or whatever 100 percent. yeah you know, we mentioned this before we hit the recorder, but you did a show a while back with a friend of mine, Ariana LaRose, and I remember, I wanted to ask, like, do you remember how that show was for you? Like, I loved that show. I didn't love my hairdo, but I did <laughs> love the show. I love how that sticks out to you. <laughs> I remember. Um, I, uh, the sound was amazing, um, the vibe was great, the room was full. And it's a very sweaty place too. It is quite sweaty, which I yeah. like. I, I like that. I like yeah. to feel that people are dancing, having a good time. Yeah. yeah. That's really fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like this makes so much sense to ask you, but I feel like just by proxy of how you are with your personality and how it comes across in your music, that performing live must in some way, some way inform how you write songs. Do you think that's true? Like, do you feel like how you think about writing is ever influenced by what you might do on the stage or? Well, I always wanted to do sets where people dance, like where people get energy. I, I have so much energy and I just want to have that with the other people. Even if it's like, you know, smoking weed, doing weird dance moves kind of energy. Yeah, yeah. There's that, I love that and I love the hype. But then, you know, getting on people's le level and doing something a little more emotional. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, it definitely ties into the way I write music, the emotions that I want to come across in a lot of set. It's interesting talking to musicians sometimes, because I feel like so many musicians tend to have it like in quite, um, like it's almost like two different avenues for them, like recording live or performing live. And I always wonder, like, for musicians, do you have, like, do you personally, do you ever feel like there doesn't need to be such a specific separation? Like it could be almost, it could feel one and the same? Because even though your songs, like, you know, like the songs I talked to you about, even though they do kind of have like that slick vibe to them, there is like almost like a pretty like primal passion that comes out to it. Yeah, um, I don't know, I love writing music and I love doing music on the fly, you know, improv yeah. stuff. Um, so there's a piece of that, but I don't know, it does 
I do like to take my time with my words and write good lyrics, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, taking time with my songs and really writing something I feel passionate about is important to me, too. Yeah, when we started this talk, we mentioned how it's the beginning of 2018, and, you know, it's crazy to think that because, I mean, you're about to play a show tonight, you're gonna do a show, another show next week, your first yeah. hit. Yeah, my show. Yes. And Elseworld. Elsewhere, yeah. Elsewhere. Why is it Elseworld? That's so goofy. <laughs> That's a cool but, name, too. That's I know, right? They second venue. Yeah. But tell me this. I mean, like, what do you feel like 2018 will have in store for you? I imagine more shows, but like, what do you, what do you, what do you want to do? I always say, like, for artists, even if you're me or you're Katy Perry, it's never enough, you know? You just have to keep on playing your shows, keep on recording, keep on writing music. Yeah. It never ends. Um, 2018, I just want to do more of all of that. Yeah. Um, obviously, keep growing on the scale of everything. Yeah. Play bigger shows. I'd love to play festivals. Um, and just do more. You know what I love what you said just now? And this is what's pretty interesting when you do a podcast and people can only hear it. But when you said that do festivals, you had a look on your face where I could almost imagine you being at like Governor's Ball, watching somebody performing on stage and going like, I want to fucking be on stage. Yeah. Like, Have you ever felt that? Uh, yes, every single time <laughs> yeah. I watch a show. <laughs> yes. I, I, I just need, I want to be doing it. I want to be performing. Oh. I love singing and doing my thing. Well, you're about to be, yeah. yeah. Renee, thanks for trying me. Dude, you're yeah. the best. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs>